welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling the first TV movie, MacGyver, Lost Treasure of Atlantis. The original air date for this TV movie was May 14th, 1994. It was directed by Michael Vahar, who over the course of the series has directed 17 episodes, mm-hmm. starting with Ghost Ship. He also did Parker House, Eye of Osiris, Goodnight MacGyver, and The Stringer, which are all solid ones. Yeah. Um, and it was written by John Shepard, who had nine writing credits from the series, but a lot more credits than that, because he was a story editor on a lot of them, mm-hmm. and an executive producer for a lot of them. Um, but he uh, he started on Parker House as far as his writing credits. He also wrote Cleo Rocks, Brainwashed, Halloween Nights, Obsessed, and The Stringer, so... Uh, these are the the writer and directing team who finished the stringer, which was conceivably the last episode yeah. of the show. And Parker House is such a solid episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? This movie in brief. This movie in brief. Uh, yeah, this is a change of pace for us. Yeah. Um, in this episode, MacGyver is recruited by a former university professor to uh, seek out his theory that Atlantis was real. Yep. And he has the evidence uh, he, to, to find it. Right. Um, and we start the episode in uh, the Thera ruins in Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, we start five years and several months in the past from when the movie will actually take place. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> it's going to move through time a couple of times here. Um, yeah, but we are in the... So maybe this is like during the series? Because this oh, wow. is two years later, so yeah, if it's yeah. five years ago, then it's supposed to be like three years before the show ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is somewhere between seasons four and five. Once again, we are getting like a new professor right. or uh, implications that he went to some other crazier university. Yeah. Because this is... Yeah, this it, looks like he went to Oxford. Yeah, exactly, because this is a British professor who teaches at a British... who's got tenure at a British academy. Um, and later on, we'll meet a girl who... Had you know had interests in MacGyver that they went to school together, but it's yeah. like, well, she was she's British too. Like, it, unless this was just like a a casual thing that he said, I'm going to audit some classes at this yeah, yeah, British yeah. academy for a while. I don't know if they they do that. Yeah, but who knows? Um, I always love the concept of auditing a class. It's like, oh, I can take this class for free, and I just yeah. don't get a grade or degree. Yeah, right. that's that's how you prove that uh, the college education isn't what you're paying for. It's the the actual certificate is yeah. what you're paying for. Because otherwise you could just go to the class. <laughs> you could learn all the things that they teach you and charge you to learn. You just don't get the proof. Yeah. I think, um, was it MIT? I think all of MIT's courses are available. Are available online. Yeah. Yeah, you can watch them on YouTube. Most <laughs> of them. I don't know if it's all of them. That's crazy. So, yes, uh, we were in the Thera Ru- uh, Well, we are in, I say the Thera Ruins as if like it's like a foregone conclusion that that's where you would be yeah. um we are in ruins in thera greece yes um mac and uh atticus are climbing through a very narrow tunnel yes into like a weird little antechamber and atticus here is played by brian blessed that's what i would say yeah um and i feel like he's called atticus because he looks so much like gregory peck <laughs> really <laughs> well beard wise when Gregory Peck has a beard, he kind of looks like this. Yeah. Um, but he's also uh, not making uh, any qualms about just doing a flat-out John Rice davies impression. Oh, he is. Movie. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, his credits are probably pretty recognizable. There's a lot of Shakespearean roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine he does a lot of stage work, too. But I can see him as a good Polonius. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but he's done a lot of uh, Shakespearean films and TV specials and things like that. He also played Lord Locksley in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, so he was Robin's father. Oh, man, that's, and that, that's, that's really only that one scene. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then uh, the role that I probably would recognize the most was that he played Boss Nass in yeah. Star Wars Episode One. Misa no like a the Naboo. Yeah. He was uh, Jar Jar's like, emperor, I Yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. But he's the guy who recommends that they go through the planet core. <laughs> uh, he also played the uh, villain of the Disney Tarzan movie. Who, oh, right. Who has like one of the most disturbing deaths. And he did a couple voices in the... Like, he did the movie and the video game and the, something on the TV show, too, for Tarzan. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he also did Boss Nos in the, uh, in the other, like, video the games. Or... No, and, like, the video game stuff. Oh, okay. and all like, like, I mean, whenever they, they needed yeah, him to but come he does in. a lot of voice acting. Yeah. Which he's got a great sense. voice. Yeah, it's a fantastic voice. And he's not the last uh, Star Wars Episode One person we're going to have in this movie. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of Star Wars yeah. people in this movie. The Star Wars stuff, like even the original series, was like all in England. Right. I mean, that's why you have like oh, so many British actors like Julian Glover and uh, Peter Cushing. I mean, they're because they're there. Yeah, and yeah. it's really expensive to fly people around. Uh, so they, in the antechamber, they find a medallion. I keep calling referring to it as a coin in my... Uh, because to me, I, I think like that's a, fair. I feel it, uh, medallions should be at least two inches wider, uh, and and probably like on a chain of some kind. I mean, does it is that I the criteria for I don't a medallion? Know if that's um, it uh, has a sigma on it, uh, which is why I kept saying like, is there going to be some kind of crazy math thing yeah. in this? Uh, but we we will come to determine that this is just the the overall symbol of atlantis is this sigma. yeah well it, it's the symbol of solon right uh who was this greek uh greek dude uh who was who discovered atlantis and hid its secrets yeah uh uh so uh because it's solon his first it's basically his first initial because it's the greek letter right. for s uh so this medallion is like wedged between two uh two snakes yeah. And, like, it, it's, like, basically... Above and below it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so MacGyver, of course, immediately suspects that it's a booby trap. Now, it was interesting here on my second viewing of this that I noticed that uh, Brian Blessed's uh, beard is fully brown. Yeah. Because when we see him later, he's got a lot of gray Stripes in it. Stripes and stuff in it. Yeah. Which it's unclear if they painted the stripes out for the early stuff or if they painted stripes in to make him look older. Yeah. I know. We, we may never know. Yeah, about. the world may. Uh, so he, uh, MacGyver looks at the, uh, the two snakes that are holding this thing, uh, and, uh, he does a Raiders-style switch with his, uh, lens cap. Lens cap from his camera. And it's, it's one of those solid kind of lens caps, not yeah. like those rubbery, grippy ones. And actually, right before that, he, um, uh, Atticus is standing next to the thing, and he says, okay, we have to take a picture and document the discovery. Yeah. Or our discovery. And then MacGyver's like, our discovery? And he's like, very well. <laughs> like it's just my discovery then take a picture of me with it and then he takes a picture of him smiling next to it uh so he switches out the the lens cap for the uh, medallion and everything seems fine yeah it would have worked out okay except for that atticus needs to get cl- way too close to it yeah and steps up on a ledge that it turns out is like a pedal to activate a trap yeah it it, it shoots out uh 
a spear, spear across the wall, yeah. Which uh, smashes through the hard plastic lens cap and causes the two snakes to connect, which uh, triggers a booby trap of sealing the room, and then it proceeds to fill it with what well, looks like coffee beans. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the end of that uh, the treasure of Manko. Yeah. Where the guy gets buried in seeds. Yeah, like, I guess it's supposed to be dirt, but it, it just seems so loose because it's flowing out like so it's it's thick so it's like larger pebbles yeah. but it also seems very light um but and, they and unlike a lot of traps on this show they don't even bother to explain how they got out yeah i thought that that was kind of cheap um they're they they get buried only up to their necks yeah like the people who put this trap together like failed to fill it completely mm-hmm. like they got it up to about two inches from the roof well also though when they're in this room there's clearly sunlight coming through yeah. the top and and it seems like they're just the, 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 this whatever room this in is is above ground. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, but you're right. They, we we just fade out, and it says you know five years later. Yeah. It's like and there's just two skeletons and a bunch <laughs> of seeds. There's so much green around them because they they fertilize. <laughs> yeah. All these seeds are growing now. We uh, fed the people of Peru forever. <laughs> At what a price. Uh, Atticus is uh, giving a lecture in a hall, but it's more of a, a sales pitch, I guess, than yeah. a lecture. And uh, it's specifically to the directors of the academy. Right. Um, he, he starts his speech of thousands of years ago, before time as we know it was measured. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that we've been measuring time by the sun for more than a thousand years. Yeah. I think it's, I think that's, that is the very basic measurement yeah. of day, night, Hours of day, like yeah. I think that's way older than just a couple of thousand years I old. I think he meant years, not days, but I don't know. It, it's just a weird thing to say that before time as we know it is measured. Until it's what's, what's super crazy is that until the atomic clock was built, everything was based around the sun. Now, our measurements of time are still based around the sun, but no longer is our watches and time based around the movement of the sun. It's all based yeah. off the atomic clock now. Yeah. Um, which is pretty insane. That only that only happened in the last 60 years. So it's uh, 40 year, or 50, 60 years ago, before time as we know it. Yeah, measured. yeah. <laughs> time as we know it now is measured by, by I think it's a cesium atom. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just the units are based in the solar time. Uh, Atticus's speech involves the like the high points of Atlantis and then the eventual destru- destruction when the geothermal energy uh, that they were harnessing from the volcano, I guess. I, you it think, erupted and destroyed the entire society. Yeah, you, th- you think as intelligent as they were supposed to be in harnessing a volcano, they would have had some kind of precautions in place. Yeah. It's like, you know, volcanoes kind of blow up on occasion. But maybe they didn't know that. It's a small island. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they only had one volcano to base their observations on. It would, be, it would have been really ironic had all the pressure that they were building up in order to power their geothermal things caused the explosion. Yeah. What's weird is that they hadn't developed boats to go around the world and study everything. Yeah. Because there, then there would be evidence of this culture nope. beyond this one island. No, no. They, they, they had high rises, but they couldn't figure out boats. <laughs> boats are hard, man. Are Why they... do these rocks keep sinking? <laughs> we're losing so many people. Yeah. The number one cause of death. You know, pumice is the rock that floats. It's a volcanic rock. Uh, they could have made a boat out of that. They made a boat of pumice. You have great skin, and yeah. <laughs> you get when to get, get up. where you're going, your feet are nice and soft. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, he then goes into the story of Solon, who uh, was the the Greek uh, explorer, uh, basically who had found the clues to the treasure, and uh, because basically as this society was getting swallowed up by the lava flow, they gathered all of their gold and jewels. Yeah, in one yeah. place. The the treasure of yeah. Atlantis was all gathered to a, a place, and they wrote down instructions on how to get to it in a platinum book. Right. Um, and uh, so the only two pieces that escaped uh, the island itself were the Platinum Book and a thing called the Torch of Truth. Right. Uh, which was bo- – both are required to, to discover the treasure. And they said they gathered all of their treasure at the Tower of Terror, not the Tower of Fear. Tower of Fear. Oh, Tower of Terror is going away. Yeah, they're going to put a Guardians of the Galaxy right in? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I. I'm sure th- Robert's upset. Yeah. Well, Robert and they both they both have been like going there and as much as possible to ride it. Yeah. And our our friend Robert, uh, he's a big fan of monster movies in general, but also the Twilight Zone and Disneyland. And mm-hmm. his uncle actually does the Rod Serling impression for the ride. Oh, awesome! So when you see the Rod Serling on the screen yeah, that's right, introducing right. that ride, it's his uncle is doing all the voice because obviously it wasn't cut from an episode of the show. Right. 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 That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And sad now that yeah. it's going away. I guarantee you they're just going to keep the same structure and make the ride. It's going to be the same ride. It's just going to be themed Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that makes me more mad. Yeah. <laughs> that they wouldn't even invent a new ride for it, I bet. Uh, so the board of directors are completely unimpressed. They fully believe that Atlantis is a fairy tale. Um, even though he has like this gold medallion with Sigma – and everyone is aware of Solon. Like, the, this concept of Solon does not seem to be foreign. Uh, everyone yeah. seems to know about it. But, and so even though he has a coin that could be dated to the time and has Atlantis on it, they're still like, ho-hum, I don't believe you. Yeah, but that's what the weirdest part is that they're like, look, you're an idiot. Stop studying Atlantis. And by the way, we're going to take what you found and we're going to put it in our museum because this is a great piece that you've discovered. Yeah, this, is, this is an amazing find, truly. You will get no credit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so months later now, so now we are in the present. Yes. The the present as to the nature of the film. As in a gift. Um, because well, but, but hold on. Before we cut away from the months later, it was a very important part. Uh, the board of directors is not only are they taking the coin, but they're going to discuss. Yeah, they're, th- they're threatening to to fire him. Tenure. Yeah. Which I don't think that's how it works. I don't. Like, yeah. When you get tenure, then then the the directors of the Academy are kind of screwed. Yeah. Like they don't get to just fire you because you believe in Atlantis. Yeah. Tenure is like a, a pretty like stable thing. Yeah, it's it's what you work for. It. Yeah. Uh, um, it's crazy too. Like, like the things I learned about like being like a high university professor, you have to like continue to do research and publish things Yeah. in order to like, to maintain your position as a professor. It's too much work, man. <laughs> get it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with doing papers. Oh, you guys need a report done for uh, for this movie? Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll have it done for you in a minute. Okay, I'll do that right now. Yeah. Uh, it never stops. You always got to do research papers. <laughs> um, so Atticus and MacGyver are once again making their way through uh, tunnels, but now they're in burial catacombs. And above them, uh, on the surface, we keep getting like little rumblings. Yeah. There are tanks and troops moving around because there is a civil war that's going on above them. Right. 
And it's making MacGyver really nervous. Yeah. But Atticus keeps saying, what? There's a ceasefire in this region. It's yeah. Like, Do you not hear the mortars going off above us? The rockets red glare. Yeah. The bombs bursting in air. Um, MacGyver complains a lot, in fact, this whole scene. Uh, he keeps saying, can we go now? <laughs> like, obviously, he's probably having to deal with Atticus for a lot longer than we're seeing him. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, he, every opportunity, he, he basically almost all his lines are, we go, hurry up, let's go, yeah. let's do this, let's do that. Even when they actually discover what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, uh, so as they're making their way, like MacGyver again, like I said, he's, he's really nervous about the soldiers. And, of course, he, Atticus says, the soldiers will never find the catacombs. Yeah. No one knows where they are. And then they cut above ground to a soldier fighting the catacombs. Yeah. And With, then calling into Colonel Petrovich. Yeah. And saying, hey, I found some catacombs. We should go into them Even right now. Even though we're fighting a war right now in our own region, we should dig up these old catacombs. Yeah. And here's the thing. This is supposed to be like the Balkan area. Right. But um, I, I was talking to you during the show about the Odessa catacombs. Yeah. Which are so massive and have so many side tunnels and winding around to each other. People go in there and they die because they just get lost they get lost their flashlight batteries run out they run out of food and water and they just they just die that's crazy um because there is no way to guide yourself out and there are so many warnings like don't go in here like the if you if you get lost in there like if if you like you're a part of a group you call the police and they're like yeah yeah, sorry yeah the police can't go down there they won't go in because it's it's hundreds and hundreds of miles of winding tunnels and turns and and i show i showed you a map um, but they all just wrap around on each other. Yeah. And it, it's insane that they built all these tunnels. It's like, how do you, how many people died building them? Yeah. Because how do you you just lose yeah, every track? Every time of you your... bring a body down there to bury it, and then you're just like, all right, now let's all go home. Oh, crap. <laughs> well. Something ate our breadcrumbs. <laughs> everyone pick an alcove because. <laughs> yeah, everyone lay on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> a suicide mission to bury somebody yeah. uh so uh even macgyver kind of loses track of uh atticus during this time and he's yeah. trying to follow his voice until atticus loops around back on behind him and scares him yeah into hitting his head on the roof of the cab cab cave <laughs> they're called calves over there <laughs> he's like a baby cow in this cave <laughs> yeah or like I was thinking more like a leg bone. Oh, that works too. <laughs> I have my head on this calf. <laughs> oh, I think it's just a bone when it doesn't have meat on it. It's hanging off of like one of the ledges. Yeah. It's it set on it. Uh, uh, so as they're making their way, they find one of the skulls has uh, a sigma carved into it. Right. Uh, I don't know how they found it. Yeah, because you can't see it until MacGyver washes away all the dust. But he didn't do this on every skull. Um, and uh, so as MacGyver kind of rotates the skull, because you can see that there are gears beneath it, uh, it opens up a, an alcove. One of the alcove shelves slide open, yeah. and there's a... Also unclear whether this person had a sigma carved into their forehead while they were alive, or they yeah. did it to a skull later to make it part of this machine. But yeah, this little shelf opens up, and suddenly you see what looks like a miniature Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, it, it's it's very, very much the Ark of the Covenant yeah. scaled down. Uh, so we've covered all of our uh, Raiders references. Well, not all of them, but yeah, at least yeah. Raiders is covered. 
Um, Atticus is super excited, of course, and he's reading all the inscriptions on the, the arc while MacGyver's saying, we need to get going. Yeah. Um, uh, so just as he's removing the arc, uh, the soldiers descend upon them. Again, how the soldiers were able to find them amidst this winding tunnels and caves yeah. so quickly, and why they would, yeah. uh, will be a mystery forever. But they're taken back to the headquarters, which is a crazy facility. Like, it's it's some gigantic abandoned uh, factory or production plant. Yeah. But uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome looking. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I think over the course of the show, every time they're doing treasure hunting, as soon as they find what they're looking for, if it's not the end of the episode, then bad guys show up right behind them with guns. Yeah, yeah. Like, every single time. Like Manko and... It happens twice in this episode. <laughs> but this is the first time. Uh, MacGyver and Atticus are being interrogated, uh, basically just s- casually slapped around while they're tied up to chairs. Yeah. Um, uh, Colonel Petrovich, uh, played by Tim Woodward. Right. Uh, the the only real credit that I that I didn't recognize him from, but I recognize the movie um, RKO two eight one. Is that the uh, Orson Welles? Thing? Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. uh, Lee Schreiber's Orson Welles, John Malkovich. Um, it's all about the production of. Uh, Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane, and he and Tim Woodward was playing Jack Warner in that. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so of course they are being interrogated as spies because uh, why else would they be here? Yeah, and and they're of course saying no. Look, we're here on orders from the British Academy. Um, that's uh, that's archaeological. Like, does that look like something that you would we would just have with us as part like, of ah, that's exactly what a spy would say yeah say that about anything um and then when they find a like phoenix foundation stuff it's like well there you go you guys are definitely spies phoenix the, foundation yeah the only thing a spy wouldn't say is hey we're both spies yeah but that would be a confession <laughs> um and uh and when macgyver says hey you know uh this they're supposed to be this area is supposed to be protected by the u.n he's like oh you seem to know an awful lot so, yeah. Do you not know anything about your own country? Yeah. Like, do you know this place is protected by the UN? Maybe you're a spy. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's just one of those things. Like, when someone's convinced, you just there's no way yeah. to convince them. Uh, so uh, the the interrogation tactics are about to get a little bit more serious because uh, the guy's coming with a lit cigarette to like probably burn Atticus's yeah. eyes. Um, but MacGyver jumps at him and says, hey, no, 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 no. And at first you think, like, MacGyver's just protecting Atticus, which he was. But yeah. he also had an, a, another reason to just grab this soldier. And there's kind uh, of an insert here where you follow MacGyver as they collide. Yeah. And and you're like, oh, what was I supposed to notice there? And then as soon as he sits back down, Petrovich says, oh, thanks for this. And he takes out the Swiss Army knife. And yeah. Like, oh, that's what I should have seen is that he took the Swiss Army knife. And then after the soldiers leave the room to just leave them to their yeah, own yeah. devices, then suddenly MacGyver pulls out the lighter that right. he stole. Like, they both stole something from mm-hmm. each other at the same time. Uh, the, uh, the the front door to this room has, like, three big metal plates, right. which they electrify uh, before they leave. Yeah. Even though it seems like there's probably a lot of other ways out of this room, uh, especially with MacGyver. Yeah. But... Yeah, there, it does seem like this is just one of many doors to yeah. get out of. So uh, MacGyver has the stolen lighter, 
any kind of chair walks over to the well, platform, yeah. the electrified platform. Uh, Atticus is confessing that uh, to MacGyver, since he figures that they're both going to die, he, he says, well, MacGyver, I lied to you. This, this expedition is not being funded by the British Academy. Right. Uh, I've been funding it myself. Yeah, I barely had enough money to send you a telegraph yeah. to come meet me. Because <laughs> telegraphs are kind of expensive now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and while he's like give, giving his confession, he says that he was fired. But MacGyver needs slack on the chain. And so he just keeps pulling on Atticus to the point of dropping Atticus onto the floor onto his back. But Atticus does not skip a beat. Yeah. And now MacGyver's just dragging Atticus across the floor yeah, to get. Like, th- they actually uh, discontinued my tenure. <laughs> so in in essence, I've been. And then he yanks him to the floor, and he's like sacked. <laughs> and so yeah, Ad- Attic- MacGyver's not telling Atticus what he needs either, though. He's not saying I need some chain slack. No, but it's all, also pretty clear that he's like. You should be trying to move your chair closer. Yeah, yeah. But I need some help. Listening and you're just talking, I'm going to yank you out of your chair. Uh, when MacGyver gets enough slack on the chain, he, as you said, he puts like a wooden chair up on the uh, floor, the, mag- uh, the uh, magnetic electrified floor. Right. And we're getting little sparks and stuff when things make contact with the floor. That looks pretty cool. Actually. Yeah. There's a really cool like post effect of like sparks jumping and dancing across yeah, there's the... There's like animated sparks that were added in post, but at first I wasn't even sure of that because they're they're so well done. And all the inserts that we're getting of them are very quick. Yeah, yeah. It's like literally one frame, so that's why it's hard to tell that they're yeah. fake. Uh, MacGyver leans on the chair and like kind of like teeters on it uh, using um, the chain to, as a counterweight and starts filling the door lock up with the butane from the lighter. Right. He just he's just pumping whatever pressure's left in this lighter into the door into the door lock. Um, and, uh, as this must have been a completely full lighter too. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Atticus is going, Oh, MacGyver, what, what are you doing? He's just now realizing. just noticed something's happening. Um, so MacGyver kind of like swings back around and, uh, grabs a, uh, light bulb from the ceiling. Well, actually before that, I just wanted to mention that the chain that's connecting MacGyver to Atticus is like dangerously close to touching this metal plate oh, yeah, that they're yeah, sitting yeah. on. Like, if MacGyver had any more slack in it, and it looks like it might even have touched it once, mm-hmm. but he could have just electrocuted Atticus from across the room by touching this chain. To yeah, yeah. Plate. Or both of them. Uh, so MacGyver swings a light bulb at the door, which of course blows open the lock. Right. And summons the guard who's uh, outside to the noise. Right. When the guard comes in, he sees the doors open. And but MacGyver and Atticus are on the floor. Yeah. They appear to be either knocked out or dead. So he shuts off the electricity to the floor, and as he steps in, MacGyver. Uh, I don't even know what he has connected to the door handle. Yeah, and, some or, kind of a string, or like, how, yeah. or somehow he has a string connected to the door and slams the door into the guard's face. Yeah. And he just basically, from his position laying on the ground, yanks on a string that pulls the door closed, and so it slams on this guy's face as he's walking into the room. Mm-hmm. So MacGyver takes his uh, his AK and just start just like field strips it down to get some kind of uh, a piece of metal from right. inside. Yeah. And uh, uses that to pick their handcuffs. Yeah. And as they're sneaking out, they find a couple of uniforms like a like. Cold weather, kind of like yeah. like hats and things like that. Yeah, typical uh, Eastern Bloc costumes. Um, but Atticus refuses to leave until he retrieves the Ark. Yeah. So they make their way towards the uh, the commander's offices as the commander and another soldier are kind of talking about uh, dealing with 
MacGyver and Atticus that they need to go kill him. Um, we get an insert shot of the Ark and MacGyver's Swiss Army knife on the table next to it. And suddenly the Swiss Army knife just kind of slides towards the Ark and gets it's connected to it. Yeah. Which is our first indication that this is magnetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, MacGyver and Atticus sneak up into the room after the after they leave, and uh, they find the Ark. And they and for the first time, Atticus notices a, a deep scratch on the top of it. Right. Um, and he he assumes that uh, they might have been trying to pry it open, but MacGyver seems to think, no, nah, it's pretty old. It's a pretty old looking scratch. Um, they also, this is also when they both realize that the uh, the Ark is magnetic. So they pack it up and they start casually trying to find a way out. So they, they start heading towards, like, uh, one of the hills that seems to be leading out of here, and a bunch of soldiers are on patrol, so they turn around. Yeah. And they go into, like, a giant munitions tent. Yeah. Um, they, they There's a truck that's about to leave the compound, and, uh, like, a troop transport truck. <laughs> yeah. So they're waiting for it to pass by, and they're about to turn and jump on when they see that it's completely full of soldiers, and they just keep... <laughs> they just keep, like, not finding a way out. Um yeah, and that's when they go into the – they break into a munitions set, shed, which has a, a Jeep parked in there. Right. So MacGyver's like, oh, great. Hop in. They hop in, turn the key, not even like a battery noise. Yeah. And then he opens the hood and there's not even an engine. Yeah, there's nothing in there. Uh, so uh, MacGyver needs some time to put together a plan. So he he jams a crowbar into the munitions set's door from the inside so yeah. they can't – I love it. Like, that'll keep him out and us in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Atticus is always like counterpointing things yeah. that MacGyver says. Or just repeating them. Uh, but at this point, uh, some, uh, Samad, my notes from last week, um, <laughs> Colonel Petrovich realizes that uh, they've escaped. Yeah. And so the alarms are sounding. MacGyver's new plan to escape with the Jeep is they strap a bunch of rockets to yeah. it. Um, it's kind of like the airplane from uh, On a Wing and a Prayer. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a jet assisted takeoff, but this is jet assisted uh, Jeep off. Jeep, Jeep off. Is that what you would say, Jeep off? That's right. Um, MacGyver straps one more item to the uh, top of the Jeep, and that's an RPG launcher. Right. And we also get a quick insert of him putting a grenade in the back seat. Well, uh, he, he's going to, yeah, he, he's going to do that. Uh, right before. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I think the initial intention was to use the rocket launcher to blow open the door to the munition shed. Right, because he puts a rocket launcher up on the top and the front. Mm-hmm. But that when the guards start searching the compound, they try to open up the munition shed, and that's when they find out that the door this is stuck. These guys lock themselves. Yeah, so uh, they start trying to break open the front door of the munition shed. MacGyver says, oh, it looks like they're going to open the door for us. Yeah. And at this point, MacGyver gets the idea that, well, before we leave, I want to blow up all these munitions. as much uh, racial genocide as I can. Yeah. So he, he rigs up a grenade uh, to a string that's attached to the Jeep. So when they do leave... They'll uh, pull the pin. They'll pull the pin out. And it'll set off everything else in this shed. Which, so, lucky for them, wasn't any like rockets that were pointed in the direction the Jeep was moving. Yeah, exactly. Because if they blow up this shed and suddenly an RPG just goes straight yeah. out of it into them. A heat-taking missile gets launched. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, this was a bad idea. Um, you were mentioning that when you saw this, was like... Because they 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 to open up the shed, they're uh, they have a jeep pulling on the door. Yeah. And uh, but it, like kind of a crappy chain. Yeah. Connected it, to the jeep, and, and I thought the chain was gonna break before the crowbar did, but then I forgot about how weak the hinges on the door. Were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the whole door comes off with the crowbar still well intact. Yeah. Um, 
And that's when MacGyver launches his uh, his rocket truck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh Lord, protect this rocket house and all who dwell within the rocket house. <laughs> uh, and so they go flying out, uh, and the of course the grenade goes off and starts exploding all the munitions in the shed. Um, and so now MacGyver is forced to use the RPG to blow open the front gate. Which is an amazing shot. Yeah. Like, we, we see the, the the firing of the RPG and then the impact it has on this gate and the guards that are at the gate. It's just like, ah, super insane. Yeah. Um, and uh, as they're making their getaway down the road, which, I mean, I guess these rockets have enough fuel and hopefully there's no turns that they have to make. Yeah. Um, the Atticus is, like, cheering and whooping and hollering. You're like, always one of my favorite students. <laughs> um, but he, he does, like, a really girly, like, whoo! kind of scream uh it's fun and we immediately cut from this university yeah we're back at the university where kelly carson is teaching a class about carbon right and uh kelly carson here is played by sophie ward who plays mumby 2 in return to oz um it's a solid movie yeah um i also like her in uh, the young sherlock holmes movie she was elizabeth hardy yeah um for people who aren't familiar with Young Sherlock Holmes, it's an interesting little like movie, but it's directed by Barry Levinson, who did things like Diner and Good Morning Vietnam. But it's written by Chris Columbus. Oh, that's who, cool. Who we all know from like yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry Potter and the Goonies and uh, Gremlins. Yeah, he wrote all those great movies. Did he? Did he write Home Alone or did he just direct it? Um, John no, Hughes John, directed. John Hughes wrote it. I thought John Hughes directed it. No. Did Chris Columbus, Chris Columbus directed it? Chris Columbus directed it. John, John Hughes must have wrote it. Yeah. They're both involved. Yeah. Is what, basically what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> um, and Sophie Ward is actually the daughter of Simon Ward, who is another prominent British actor who I probably know best from when he played Zor-El in Supergirl. Oh. Which is Superman's uncle. Yeah. Um, he was Helen Slater's father in that film. God, Supergirl. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen Supergirl... You should check and it you out. You win. <laughs> you win life. <laughs> no, it's got an amazing opening title sequence. <laughs> and somehow they convince Faye Dunaway to be in it. And Peter O'Toole. Well, that makes sense. Peter O'Toole sometimes gets sucked into things that are terrible. He's <laughs> like, oh, okay, I'll be in a movie. Yeah. I like movies. <laughs> you're you're going to pay me to be on film? Yes. Done. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver uh, accidentally interrupts the class as he tries to enter. Um, but it's about to be over anyway. Yeah, yeah. And again, she's teaching what seemed Biology. like... Biology? Yeah, he, it seems like she's teaching a very basic concept that I learned in like middle school about yeah. carbon yeah. to a very advanced well, class you know, of university students. Well, over the years. Yeah. Kids are learning calculus in preschool now. <laughs> I assume. Addie already knows her multiplication table. Yeah. Um, she knows sines and cosines and tangents. It's Especially co- tangents. <laughs> We're gro- goes off on. Yeah, we are we are experts in tangents. Yeah. Uh, this is one right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thought this was a co-secant. Uh, Get out. All right. Uh, so the class is dismissed. Um, it also seems weird. Like, does the university function on bells? Like, it seems like. I guess it must, but it, it also seems like a, a fancy upscale university like this would would. The the professor would, would dismiss the class. Or there should be like a town crier wandering through the class. Yeah. Hear ye, hear ye, this class is over ye. 
Uh, <laughs> we'll just edit that one out. <laughs> uh, MacGyver heads up to Kelly. Uh, they know each other, and they have like a little bit of a hug in a moment. And Mac even brings her an apple, an yep. apple for the teacher, which gives us another which kind is of actually ri- just a bribe. Yeah, because he doesn't have any money. Uh, it's kind of another Raiders slash Last Crusade kind of reference. Yeah, bringing an apple to the teacher. Um, and he has on his eyelids are painted I love you <laughs> need a favor <laughs> uh, uh, MacGyver wants a sample of uh, he I guess he can I guess he additionally scratched the arc yeah in order to to get some of this uh, residue and some green flex he's mm-hmm. like can you tell me what this is and she's like yeah it looks like rust and he's like yeah I, that's what I thought I figured it was rust. Can you tell me what rusted, what oxidized to give this rust its color? It's green, so I'm assuming it's copper. Copper, that would be my guess. Um, so they head down to the uh, lab to do a spectral analysis. Spectral, spectral. A ripped ghost has nice spectorals. <laughs> <laughs> do you even lift, bro? Uh, uh, they meet on the way. They meet uh, Professor Simon Carson. Right. who is Kelly Carson's grandfather. Yeah, I'm assuming the two of them bonded over how young their grandfathers are. Yeah. <laughs> because um, Harry was 28 when MacGyver was born, mm-hmm. and Professor Carson was 25 when she was born. Yeah. So that's pretty young to be a grandfather, 25. Um, also a weird similarity between Professor Carson and Harry. Um, they both don't like to be called grandfather. They like to be. Right. Pre- they prefer to be called by their first names. Yeah. Um, because uh, it makes them seem old. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a really funny connection. Um, uh, Simon Carson, of course, is delighted that Kelly is uh, teaching because this is like a big thing for him. He's very proud that yeah. she got a, a job at this university. Um, and he recognizes MacGyver from his days at the university. Um, but MacGyver is there with Atticus. Not at this moment, but it's revealed that he's yeah. there with Atticus. And Simon Carson is like, oh, that... That old fool still bumping around talking about Atlantis? Yeah. It's all nonsense. Um, but when MacGyver and Kelly talk about the Ark of Solon, he, he seems not convinced, but he seems, well, maybe I'll go take a look to see, you know. I'm, I'm, it seems like he is willing to have an open mind if he's willing to go down and have a look at it himself. Yeah. Or just to make fun of Atticus. Right. Either, either way, he wins, I guess. And the, the actor here playing Professor Carson is uh, Oliver Ford Davies. Mm-hmm. Who is no relation to Joan Rice Davies? Yeah, uh, but he played Co Bibble in Star Wars episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, which I guess he said is just one of the random senators in the giant room full of. Well, he, he's a, he's part of the Naboo Council. Okay. When um when the in the episode one when the invasion first happens, um, and uh, there's a communications blackout. He's the, I think he is the one who says a communications blackout can only mean one thing: invasion. Okay. Uh, he looks completely different. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, he's got, like, more beardy. But that's um, our second uh, Star Wars Episode One reference. Yeah. And then he also played uh, Maester Crescent on an episode of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. There's so many maesters, I, I can't. Yeah. I, can't, I definitely. He, it was only, I think it was only one episode, so mm-hmm. he's not one of the more prominent ones. Uh, oddly, another Star Wars alum is uh, plays a major maester on the show, uh, Julian Glover. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he plays a the like the King's Landing maester who's like yeah. a crazy old man. Yeah, um, he's a lot of fun. Uh, also, was a Bond villain, as we know. Uh, what about wait? 
Tomorrow Never Dies? Uh, no, in um, the, the, For Your Eyes Only. The bad guy from Tomorrow Never Dies plays a pretty big character in Game of Thrones, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jonathan Price. Yeah. I love Jonathan Price so much. Yeah. Uh, from like Brazil all the way to the stuff he's doing now, he never stops being awesome. Yeah. Um, even in the G.I. Joe movies. Where he's the president. He's yeah. the American president. Yeah. He's like the most British actor. He's the most British actor. He, he's the American president. But in the second G.I. Joe movie, he's – because in the first movie, he's replaced by Arnold Vosloo, who's like undercover. Yeah. He can change his Arnold face. Arnold Vosloo, a.k.a. The Mummy. Yeah. Um, he can change his face into whatever he wants. So, But at the end of the movie, it, they never catch him. He's still the president. Yeah. So in the second movie, he's just so crazy yeah. evil because he's the president and he has all these nuclear weapons at yeah. his disposal. And Jonathan Price commits to the craziness 100%. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, it's, it's good. Uh, so Mac and Kelly head down to the lab where she starts analyzing uh, and – they have like a couple of moments where you think that she's going to be a potential love interest for this episode. Especially when she turns to him and says, you know, I used to always have a big crush on you. Yeah. It's like, really, B? He's all used to? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, she finds out that the tool that, was, that caused the scratch was made of tin that came uh, not only from Roman times, but actually came from England. Right. Um, from the, the southern regions of England. And that seems to mean something to MacGyver yeah. because of stuff Atticus was saying about a group of people that worshipped Solon in England that fled. When the Romans attacked. Yeah. So so Kelly uh, decides to go with Mac to go look at the Ark and uh, see what it's all about. Right. Um, I love the – it's like the – it's pretty much like the British Museum where they are. And, uh, of course, I made the joke of uh, – like the British Museum motto should be "No, you can't have it back." Yeah, um, <laughs> and that's what this whole scene is about too. Or yeah, ends up being about, and it's where you start to realize that MacGyver and Atticus are totally in the wrong. Yeah. Um. So, as they enter the uh, the museum and where the ark is being placed, uh, a man posing as a janitor kind of calls in that MacGyver has arrived, uh, and uh, uh, he calls in to. Lord Cyril Cleave, and the uh, man is Z- Colonel Zavros. I guess he's like a military yeah. guy un- undercover. Uh, Zavros is being played by. I'm gonna mess this up. I'm sure. I want to say Kavork, Kavork Malikian. Malikian, uh, who is a, a Indiana Jones. We have like our, yeah, our first like Indiana Kazim Jones guy. In Last Crusade. Um, he played Inspector Dumas in Taken Two, and uh, he was also Rady in the Flight of the Phoenix remake. Yeah. Uh, Flight of Phoenix remake was all right. I didn't um, see either one of them actually. Um, the Giovanni Ribisi character is a lot of fun. Yeah. Because he's just a good actor. Yeah, I like him. Um, and uh, Cyril Cleave is played by Christian Burgess, um, who I saw was the mayor in Games of New York. Yeah, and that was, was the like, only credit I remember. I was like, him. okay. Um, also, the whole time I was, I had Archer in mind. Every time Cyril does something, yeah, I go, yeah, yeah. damn it, Cyril. Yeah. <laughs> and this you pic- shot me. This picture, like. Archer slapping him over and over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, Zavros calls in uh, to say that they've arrived, and Cyril just says, well, you know what to do, which yeah. was what he was going to do anyway, which yeah. was he's going to try to steal the Ark. Um, uh, now we have, like, a big collection of people. we got MacGyver, Kelly Carson, Professor Carson, and Atticus all standing around the Ark. They're waiting for the Academy director Who's going to open up the case that the medallion is in. Yeah. 
See, well, and that's what's going to upset me later. Well, because as the director comes in, he's he's already saying the Ark needs to be returned to the, the people Balkans. of the Balkans. But this medallion doesn't? Yeah, exactly. The medallion came from Greece. Yeah. And how come, like, I guess maybe because no one's asking for it? Did you tell yeah, them about only it? only because the people from the Balkans are literally on the phone saying, hey, give us our Ark back. Yeah. Which... Regardless of what they plan on doing with it, even if they want to melt it down and sell the gold, it's yeah, like, that's their prerogative. Yep. Give them back their ark. Uh, you need permission to remove stuff, and then, again, like Indiana Jones never does that, and like he never asked permission to, to remove the artifacts, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what makes uh, uh, Julian Glover in Last Crusade the good guy. Yeah, when he goes to the the to the 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 king of Haiti and says, "Oh, you know, we're gonna go look for the you know the." The cup of Christ, it's here in your country, and we want to compensate you if we take it. Yeah. Like, we would like it. You know it belongs to your country. How about we give you some gold? And he's not interested. He says he wants the car. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take the car. He's like, all right. Here you go. And it's like, Rolls Royce Phantom (laughs) 2. And I even like the color. (laughs) The keys are in the ignition, your highness. (laughs) Uh, Such a great movie. Why did they make another one? They did. I think Last Crusade was the last one. That was the last one. Uh, So the uh, director opens up the case, and as he's reaching for the medallion, his key gets stuck to it. Right. um, Which is uh, kind of a correlation between that and the arc, that they're both magnetic. And MacGyver notices this, and then he realizes that maybe these two things go together somehow. Yeah. And that... um, that the magnetic... It's a magnetic key to the magnetic lock. Right. And Professor Carson is just like... Oh ho hum ho hum! No, there's no way that they that they, they didn't ever... know magnetic technology back in the day. And it's like, yeah, yeah, but there were magnets. There are yeah. natural magnets. There are magnets. They they were aware of magnets, but um, I think I guess it was more like that that they you would use magnets to create an elaborate locking system. Yeah, which they used, and it's still not enough proof. Yeah, like the fact that this medallion unlocks the medallion that says Atlantis and the chest that says Atlantis. And, and like, okay, it's a coincidence that they go together. Yeah, it's a coincidence. Those are exact his exact words. Yeah. It's a coincidence that these two items are related. Well, yeah, with matching logos that seem to unlock each other. I, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I thought that these were men of science. He's a bad guy. He's trying to discover the Atlanta stuff first, so he's trying to dissuade them. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. Giving away secrets. Oh, dear. <laughs> this looks like the work of the red herring. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, we need to start writing that. By the way. <laughs> we need to start moving on to our next podcast. <laughs> uh, so uh, they unlock the chest, and now they're all very excited to open it up. Yeah. And finally, Atticus is like, all of his things will be proven, even though they've just been proven just now. Yeah. Um, once they open it up and retrieve the uh, Torch of Truth, which isn't inside. Yeah. In fact, nothing's inside. Right. It's completely empty. Kind Which of, is possible because this uh, arc has been out of their possession for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, there were scratches on it, but yeah. that was a little old. Um, so, uh, fully... It turns out there was really no reason to get this arc. Yeah. Because it's empty. It's empty. Um, well, there will be a reason later, yeah. but uh, getting ahead of ourselves. So, fully humiliated, they say, well, we told you Atlantis isn't real. Because these two things from Atlantis that work together are empty. Are empty. Uh, it's proof. Yep. 
So you can't prove a negative, guys. Yep. You can't. So Atticus is asked to leave and and also to clean out his office, which seems like it's a easier yeah, said that would than take done. Him months to clean out this office. Um, but because uh, we go to his office and it's a two-story thing, it's crazy. Yeah. But um, before they get there the first time, um, Zavros makes his move, shoots the director with a dart. But luckily, the director is able to hit an alarm before before yeah. he collapses. And as soon as MacGyver hears the alarm, he already knows what's going on. He tells Kelly to call the police, and he starts running back towards the the room with all the antiquities. So Zavros has the arc and the medallion, and uh, MacGyver is able to tackle him to the ground. Yeah, he does like a slide leg mm-hmm. leg sweep. Uh, sweep the leg. <laughs> Put him in a body bag. Put him in a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> That guy was uh, in an episode of MacGyver. The guy who says, put him in a body bag. Yeah. We, we brought it up on the show. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was someone from, like, birthday. Mm. I think it was a, a ways back. Jeez, birthday. That'll probably be my bottom one of my bottom episodes. <laughs> uh, so, but, so the arc tumbles to the ground as the medallion, uh, but Zavros is only able to pick up the arc as he makes his run. Right. And he kicks MacGyver through, like, a pot of Mesopotamian faces. Yeah, yeah. He made a mess, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good one. Um, but MacGyver is able to follow him outside and jumps onto his car. Right. Um, and he just proceeds to drive around London with yeah. MacGyver on his hood. And no one seems to look, look twice at it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Atticus notices the medallion on the ground, and he casually pockets it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so MacGyver's like, and MacGyver's like really getting thrown around. And yeah. sometimes it actually looks like it's Richard Dean Anderson on the hood when they're I think, driving slower. I think so, yeah. But then the worst of it is when the guy ends up slamming on the brakes and just throws MacGyver on yeah. the ground. And uh, so he drives, but he, then he only drives like 15 more feet and then gets out. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if you're just going to get out anyway. Yeah. You could have gone at least around the block. Um, so he's running on foot to uh, a boat. Which he then drives off on a boat and MacGyver can no longer pursue. Yeah. Um, so the next scene is back at the museum. We learned at the cult, in the Coltons that you can't chase people on boats. Nope. It just doesn't happen. There's Although, no way to follow someone. In the someone. last crusade, there's a really great boat chase, though. And, and oddly enough, uh, Zavros is the one doing the chasing of yep. that. Yeah. Um, uh, we get uh, a police inspector who is basically running down the case for them saying that, oh, People, this isn't a casual robbery. This guy had a dart gun, escape yeah. vehicles, boats, yeah. uh, new new schedules. This is oh, this is a really elaborate plan. Right. And he immediately suspects uh, Cyril Cleave because uh, I guess they were able to ID Zavros from their casual description of him. Yeah. Um, I guess there were no cameras in the British Museum. Yeah. But um, Zavros' known associate is Cyril Cleave, and Cyril Cleave is a known uh, antiques stealer and seller. And also a former student of Atticus. Yeah. Uh, After MacGyver. Um, there's actually a really good moment where Atticus is being asked to look at the photograph, and he doesn't want to look at it. Yeah, because hmm. he knows who this is going to be a picture of. Uh, so, but they said they can't go after Cleve without any evidence. Right. Which they, because, and Rhodes says, because both artifacts were stolen, both artifacts were stolen, right. We we don't have anything to go on, and, and MacGyver's we're not like, in the business of performing miracles, so yeah. we're not going to do anything about it. Uh, and then they kind of go into like one of those uh, weird little PSAs, like other than drugs 
and weapons, antiques are the, like the biggest black market there is, and it's a crime and it's horrible. It's like, yeah. I don't know if it's as horrible as guns and drugs, yeah, but guns and drugs are actually ruin people's lives. I don't think antiques really ruin them anyways. Uh, but the the inspector here, Inspector Rhodes, is played by Hugh Corshi, who uh, was Captain Panaka in Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, <laughs> he's the the guy that's basically guarding Natalie Portman whenever she's on her home planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also played Sunda. Custacor in Highlander. Yeah, um, he's got a couple of really great scenes because well, one he has a cool battle with Clancy Brown. Yeah, but um, they have he has that casual meeting with Lambert up on the bridge, um, and they flash back to the scene where Lambert gets in a sword sword duel. Yeah, it just doesn't die every time he keeps getting stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> there's a really great I was there too where he interviews Clancy Brown too. I recommend looking at. Oh really? Yeah. Who interviews Clancy Brown? Uh, Matt Corley. The oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, ah, Clancy Brown. He's so great. Yeah. Um, what did I just see him in? Oh, Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was awesome. You almost got through it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was, I just watched the Warcraft movie where he does a voice of one of the orcs. Oh, yeah? Um, and also, people who know him better as, like, the voice of Mr. Krabs. Right, yeah. Um, which is amazing. Um, the guard from Shawshank. Right, the guy who gets them all to do his taxes. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's got that really great... I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't even yeah. start to do it. He talks a lot about Shawshank in the interview. Um, but uh, Hugh Corshi also... Uh, uh, one credit I also liked oh, is he plays a detective in uh, Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Um, I don't know that one. I saw that cover box. Oh, man. You should check it out. It is awesome. Yeah. Clive um, Barker is very hit and miss, mostly miss. No, well, I, I, I am not familiar with most of his movies, but uh, uh, I think Pat McGrath uh, showed me Nightbreed, and I was like, this movie is awesome. David Cronenberg plays a psychotic uh, therapist. Oh, my God, he's in it? <laughs> yeah. That's like how in uh, Drugstore Cowboy they have, like, uh, William S. Burroughs is, like, the guy's roommate or something. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, that's that's always fun when you have people playing a part in a movie when their career is something completely different. Yeah, yeah. My other favorite David Cronenberg uh, appearance is in The Stupids, where he plays Stanley Stupid's boss. Oh, is he really? <laughs> yeah. Somehow I never noticed that. <laughs> there, well, because there's a lot of there's um, Robert Wise. Director yeah, Robert yeah, yeah. Wise is his neighbor. There's like a lot of weird cameos in that movie. In the name of the Lloyd. <laughs> uh, so. As uh, the detective, detective leaves, uh, MacGyver and Atticus are able to have a moment. <laughs> That's when MacGyver questions him, like, uh, he just said both of the artifacts yeah. were gone. So I'm pretty sure he left the medallion on the ground. And he does the Jack Dalton, like, color scruff grab. Yeah. yeah. All right, where is it? And there's still a guard in the room with them who, like, looks over, like, am I going to have to break this fight up? Yeah. Then, like, MacGyver keeps, like, yelling and then having to bring his voice back down. It's like, yeah. maybe we should go somewhere else. And then that's when they head to Atticus's office. Which, when they arrive, it looks like it had just been recently been ransacked and searched. Yeah, and he's like, all right, everybody hold still. We're going to take some pictures of the damage. And he's like, no, no, it always looks like this. Yeah, that's okay. Um, we also get that he has a crystal skull. Right. Referencing the, the Indiana Jones movie that hadn't even come out yet. Yeah, it wouldn't come for out. For the first time. Wouldn't come out for another 20 years. There will be another very clear <laughs> reference to Crystal Skull later, even though that movie hadn't come out yet. Um. Uh, at, this is an insane office. Yeah, it's it has too, a it has a spiral staircase to a second floor library. Yeah, there there's books everywhere, books and papers. Uh, there's no you could live in this room. This yeah. is like the size of some houses. This is bigger than most libraries. 
Um, but Atticus is very concerned that they go after the Ark because they only have two days. Uh, because Before all the planets are aligned. Correct. There's going to be an alignment of, I think it's, it's what, Mercury? Wait a minute. Everything but Venus. When yeah. He, when he sets the thing up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's Mercury, Earth, the Moon, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Yeah. Uh, uh, so those all, and also, it, actually now it concerns me when we see later that Mercury, hopefully you don't see Mercury because that would be nonsense. Well, why is that nonsense? Because it's in the middle of the night. You can't see Mercury at night on Earth. Also, because even if they were all lined up, Mercury should be closer to the sun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like uh, you would never know that Mercury was in line yeah. from the night side. Uh, anyway, uh, so there has to be an alignment of the planets. Uh, so really from Earth, you should only see three planets, right? Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn? Yeah, and the moon. And the moon. Well, I mean, but Saturn is really hard to see. No, well, it's not. It's, uh, you, can, you can make out the rings clearly. The yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, I mean, I, when we went uh, stargazing at that big event, yeah. um, and I snapped that picture of Saturn through my telescope, even then it was, like, minusculely yeah. small through my really high-powered telescope. Um, yeah, and then through the lens of your iPhone. Yeah, even smaller. <laughs> Got some great shots at Jupiter, though. Um, so uh, Atticus suspects that they must have removed the torch since they had the Roman evidence. And where the Romans were is a place called Exeter. Right. Um, which is a real set of caves I looked up. Um, I guess they're really famous for like cave paintings and early uh, dwellings and stuff like that. In, right. Like, but I guess it's like super all – the, all the stuff I looked at of it, it's something about little kids and hard hats. So I guess it's like a really like, like a Interesting. field trippy kind of place. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, so we kind of just cut to them in the caves right? and we see all the, uh, cave paintings that, that, that Atticus, he had in his slideshow when he was yeah. doing his first Atlantis presentation for the board, uh, which, yeah, which shows like the creation, the high point and the destruction right. of, uh, Atlantis. Like someone wasted their time painting the destruction on a cave yeah. wall. What um, <laughs> oh, I really want to capture the moment. <laughs> We haven't invented photography yet. Oh, the volcano's eyes are closed in this one. <laughs> what? Any sense at all? Uh, so as they're kind of looking around, MacGyver suspects that, well, if they removed the torch, they probably would have wanted to put it somewhere even safer than that ark. Yeah. Um, even though no one found the ark, so it was pretty safe in there. Yep. Um, yeah, so who was going to guess that you had to turn that skull sideways? They wouldn't have ever found anything down there. Yeah. Clearly, no one had found it in all that time. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver notices. Well, he doesn't notice. Everyone notices. There's this gigantic ring in the middle of the room. Yeah. Um, and this is like just like the Holy Rose, where they keep talking about like, oh, people have been studying this site for years, trying to figure out the mysteries of all why why there was Greek writing here and this giant ring and uh, and like in the Holy Rose, it was like no one knows why these five rocks are here. Yeah. And uh, why there's like weird Latin uh, riddles written yeah. on them. Oh, yeah, there's always been a well in the middle of this church that's now a torture museum, but no one's ever tried twisting the top of it. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver thinks that uh, the medallion is the key to this ring as yeah. well, since it was the key to the Ark. So uh, they discover that the, the ring also is uh, highly magnetized. Yeah. So MacGyver does this really great thing where he places the coin into the 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 
focus of the ring, uh, and it just starts spinning in place. Yeah. I don't know how they did that. Like, they must have been, like, tightening the string as he brought it in. So the moment he let go, it would stay suspended. Because yeah. he brings it into the frame. Well, it cuts, though. It does cut? He holds it up into the middle, and then it cuts, and then you see him let go of the medallion. Okay. So I think they just suspended it from a very thin string and spun it a lot. Yeah, because it looks great. It's a great effect. Yeah, because um, you can't see the string. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a DVD-quality picture, but you can't see the string at all. And as it's spinning one direction... One direction? No. Uh the ring then rotates the opposite direction, right. which I think it would have done if someone had just turned it. Yeah, I, th- I think I don't. Yeah, I think the you, tiny magnetic force of this ring isn't doing much more than just physically grabbing the yeah. ring and turning it. Uh, and uh, we get this gigantic cave wall starting to slide With open. Mechanized stalactites. Yeah, these stalactites are very wobbly too. Yeah. They're like they they don't seem to be really connected to much. Yeah. Um, but they all rise up as well, and that's when they find uh, the Torch of Truth just, just sitting there, casual. Yep. Um, it's got a weird visual to effect it. to it. Yeah. yeah. It's got it's like a disco ball inside. Yeah. You just see weird random colored lights coming out. And uh, but as they remove it from its pedestal, which again MacGyver says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Just, he, wait, everyone, just wait. Everyone's so eager to grab stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, just then Zavros and Cyril arrive and they go, oh, well, thank you for finding the torch for us, blah, blah. Oh, what are, what are the chances that we forgot to look behind us before we picked up the uh, mm-hmm. artifact that we've been looking for? And, uh, so Cyril says, and so if you would kindly hand the torch to my partner and doesn't gesture to Zavros, he gestures to Atticus. What? And Kelly and MacGyver both do like a partner and he just says, I'm sorry, MacGyver. And so we get again a like very clear like Holy Rose slash uh, Eye of Osiris kind of thing where the good guy was working with the bad guy right. the whole time, and obviously things go wrong in this in these scenarios. Yeah. Uh, so Atticus uh, takes the torch over to Cyril and Zavros. They bind their hands and feet. Yeah, they 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 not, not only do they not their feet actually. Yeah, they, they they tie their hands, but then they tie them together. Yeah, back to back. Kind of like that scene in The Last Crusade. <laughs> when Sean Connery and the Nazi lady are tied back what? to back. Dad, what? Dad, what? <laughs> the room is on fire. And the chair. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a great movie. Fly, yes. Land, no. That's why he crashed that plane in a golf course. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, so they're able to... Uh, untie the ropes that are tying them to each other but uh as zavros leaves the room he takes the medallion and the room starts collapsing on itself yeah so all these stalactites are are coming down they're crashing to the ground all yeah around them. um and, and you mentioned like you we keep seeing the same two stalactites yeah. impact one of them i i watched it shot for shot this time and i saw the same stalactite explode three times mm-hmm. the exact same way but it, it also, they're making it seem like there's no way to predict when these things are going to come down or where. Yeah. But it's like, just look up. You can see where the stalactites are and then just get where none of them are falling. Yeah. Just look up. It, it's not like there's like hundreds of hundreds of holes yeah, in this. There's like seven. Yeah. You'd be able to see exactly where they're going to come down. And MacGyver even does that to break up their restraints mm-hmm. because he sees where 
one it should logically fall and then he holds the string there so that when it comes down it slices the rope yeah MacGyver and Kelly are able to do a Temple of Doom style escape because right. this whole room is like themed Temple of Doom with the yeah, yeah, with yeah. the spikes coming down and yeah. um, the door closing. So they they narrowly escape the room, and I guess they figure the only way to track them down is to go to Cyril's house. Yeah. Because, wh- but why? Why would they go there? Um, it makes no sense for the villains to go straight to their house and then... Yeah, they're just going to go home first. Yeah. And they're going to go off to Atlantis. You go, we'll, we'll go home, have a bite, get a change of clothes. I just want to take a shower. I haven't taken a shower in like two days. Um, I really like the water pressure of my house. <laughs> um, and uh, luckily, because he Cyril is now a famous lord, I guess he's easily findable. Right. Um, so MacGyver and Kelly are able to get there long before they leave, even yeah. though they were left without any transportation. Yeah. We don't know how far away he lives. Uh, and his front yard just seems to be a field. Yeah. That just extends off into the distance, and MacGyver just runs straight across it, hoping none of them are close enough to a window. Yeah. Which is the house is all windows. Yeah. Um, they notice that there's a, a small twin-engine airplane out front, so they figure, well, they must be getting ready to head out. As MacGyver heads for the house, Kelly heads for their the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so MacGyver gets in, and he overhears Atticus and uh, Cleve talking about uh, becoming famous. Like, Cleve is talking about becoming famous. Yeah. Uh, Kelly gets into the airplane and tries to uh, radio for help, but she can't get anyone on the radio. Uh, but she also grabs the keys and just throws them away from the plane. Yeah. Um, and then he made an observation about the keys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, the the key slot of uh, the key the keyhole. Yeah, what do you call ignition. it? Ignition. Yeah. Um, for the uh, for the airplane is completely covered in really deep scratches. Yeah. Like like someone kept trying to put the key in and missed. Yeah. And that's like scratches of those kinds are like the sign of like an alcoholic. Yeah. Where like you're you're so out of it. Every you're time, just like we, scrambling. Yeah, you're just it's just zigzags all around the keyhole. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, who's flying this plane? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but she throws the keys away just as Zavros also kind of catches her. But I guess he didn't see where the keys went. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so she's brought in, and MacGyver kind of hides. Um, and he and so now that they're both captured, uh. Uh, he rigs up a suit of armor with a candle. Right. So what's going to happen is once one, one hand of the suit of armor is tied to the other so that when the string burns, the hand comes down and knocks over a tray of dishes. Right. And so it'll make a loud sound in the hallway. They'll think there's yeah. another person there. So uh, Zavros is getting ready to torture Kelly to find out what she knows. Right. And and Atticus is like, oh, Kelly, you should probably tell him because these guys are dangerous and I don't want to make them mad. But Kelly gives him like a really harsh, uh, I don't betray my friends like you yeah, kind of speech. Uh, and this is when MacGyver just kind of casually enters. It's like, all right, everyone just calm down. Don't want to hurt anybody. <laughs> um, and uh, he, he, MacGyver mentions uh, that he didn't come alone. And they're all well. You didn't expect to, you don't expect us to fall for that. Timing it perfectly with the candle burning and the suit of armor knocking over all the dishes. Yeah. Um, which 
I guess the, it was just that you know he it was enough of a distraction for him to punch Zavros and yeah. get the gun away. Um, and then Kelly grabs the arc and clobbers yeah. Cyril with it. Um, and but Zavros isn't out yet. He grabs the gun and tries to take aim at Kelly, and which Atticus then leaps in. I yeah. thought for sure he was going to take a bullet. Yeah, I mean it would have made sense at this point. Yeah. But he just kicks... I guarantee you there's a draft where he gets shot here redeeming himself. Yeah. But instead he just kicks the gun away, which still is okay. And But as they're running, MacGyver goes, now whose side are you on? He's yeah. like, I'm on yours. I I, just, I gotta get out of here. I was, it was stupid for me to think I could control Cyril. Um, so they make a run for the plane, uh, having locked them in the uh, study that they're in. Yeah. Um, and uh, they get to the plane and Kelly's like, MacGyver, I need to tell you something about the plane. Um, but they, they don't have time to talk because uh, Zavros and Cyril have climbed out of a window and started shooting, shooting at them. them um, Kelly's like, MacGyver, listen, there's no keys because I took the keys. when I, like, Oh, good thinking. Where'd you put them? I was like, <laughs> out of the grass somewhere. Yeah, threw them away. He's like, so MacGyver takes his trusty uh, everything. Skeleton key. Yep, a.k.a. Pocket knife. Yeah, I think he's using the can opener function of the yeah, pocket knife. He just jams it right into the plane and it just starts right up. No problem. And they uh, fly off. Hoping that they have enough fuel to fly from England to Greece. In well, they this... had enough fuel to cause a fireball that blew that door open earlier. That's true. In, there, in a tiny lighter. So why would this plane be fully fueled? To carry all the weight of three people. Yeah. Or four people. And an arc. Because Atticus is big. Yeah, he's, he's a big guy. But they were planning on taking him anyway. Yeah. And probably planning on killing him. Yeah. Uh... So as they arrive in uh, Greece at Thera, which uh, Atticus believes is was Atlantis, yeah. he, he he believes that the island or the section of Greece known as Thera was where Atlantis resided. Right. Um, they find uh, Professor Carson there, knocked out. Well, my second viewing, you do hear him groaning. Oh, okay. Like I was like, cause, yeah, because they okay. The first shot of him sitting in this ravine. It looks like he's dead. He's dead. And, and then, then they get closer, and it looks like he starts to lift his head up. Mm-hmm. But then in the insert, she's holding his head. Yeah. And he's not moving. And so I was like, oh, oh, he is dead because she's crying. She's, she's holding cr- his head. She's crying like horrifically. Yeah. Like he's dead crying. Not, yeah. not like, oh, look, my father was injured or yeah. grandfather was injured. And they're, and they're not trying to like. should have just been her father. I don't yeah. understand why it's her grandfather. And. And she's trying to – no one's trying to go like, hey, wake up, wake up. Are you – stay with us, stay with us. No one's saying anything like that. They're being completely silent and reverent like yeah. he's dead. Yeah. And just, then they cut to him in a hospital and you're like, okay, I guess he is alive. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're going to make him as comfortable as possible. He has is. a subdermal hematoma. But yeah, she comes out and tells MacGyver and, and Atticus that he's going to be okay. He's in just, a coma or – I guess he's just resting. Yeah. Um, uh, MacGyver is fiddling around with the arc, and uh, he notices that the lid, unlike the rest of the arc, is not magnetic. I don't know why that implies anything, but apparently it does. Uh, I guess it implied maybe that the lid wasn't the original lid. I don't know why that means anything. Yeah. But then he opens it up, and uh, he notices that this like leather skin on the top seems to have some piece of metal protruding from underneath. Yeah. He, he, so... He just stabs it with his knife, and Atticus is like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, just trust me. Okay, I know what I'm doing. Um, Inside, they find a platinum plate 
with uh, a lot of holes punched in it. Yeah. And uh, they figure that this is part of the famed Platinum Book. That right. uh, This is just one page of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that much Platinum? Yeah. That, be worth a lot of money. Yeah, that, that's easily like a couple grand right there. Yeah. Uh, so they start heading to the crater ruins. Um, and I, I don't understand what's happening here, but they're looking around the ruins and they find a tunnel. Yeah. Now, these ruins are well explored because Kelly says, oh, yeah, like these ruins are well known because even my grandfather took me up here once. Yeah. So no one ever found this casually concealed shaft. Yeah. That leads into the ruins. Also, how did everyone else get in there? Cyril and Zavros get in there if did they, they crawled into the this tunnel's only big enough to crawl straight into. Yeah. And there's no way Atticus got through it. Yeah. Um uh but then like this tunnel that you can only face forward in, they they covered up with rocks on the yeah. way. That means someone went in backwards. Covered the, the rocks down in front of them. Yeah, and then crawled the rest of the way backwards through this tunnel. Or they told uh, Professor Carson to wait outside, cover the entrance with rocks, and then clobber himself over the head. <laughs> He's very open to suggestion. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do it. I don't want to do it. If we come back and you're not clobbered, then we're going to kill you. Then you're going to get clobbered. But I'm getting clobbered either way then. Uh, but yeah, they, they shimmy through this tunnel. And again, there's no way – there's no way Atticus could fit through this. <laughs> Um, but inside they find um, uh, an armillary sphere with all the planets. Right. Uh, and uh, Which Atticus has like 50 of them in his office. Yeah. Um, and uh, they like in, – in there, so there's the giant armillary sphere and then there's a set of double doors. Right. Uh, so they go, oh, well, let's go through these doors. And as soon as they open it, this horribly burned body just – Falls out. out right at him, still on fire, and it was very upsetting. Yeah, and at first, because the hole was covered over with rocks, I assumed that the other guys hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah, and this must have been like a thousand-year-old body that's just been roasted to pieces. Yeah, um, but sadly, no, it is Zavros. Yeah, who attempt- which we learn because, uh, in keeping with the pattern, the the bad guy Cleve is right behind them. Yep. As soon as they find this door. I've been here the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so he was, hiding, he was pulling a uh, uh, Clinton Ferris. Like, yeah, yeah, coming out of the shadows. The corner, hoping nobody noticed him. And it worked. <laughs> Their mission is based on movement. Uh, what was I saying like during the episodes? Like, he's, he's got like a, like a, like a magnum kind of gun. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, he doesn't have enough bullets for all of us. Like, my guy, there's only three of us and it's a six shooter. It's like, Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, then, you take it. Uh, you could absorb at least three bullets. Yeah, yeah. You were, we'll, we'll both hide behind you. Uh, no offense. Sorry. He's, he's fat. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Cyril says, well, deactivate the flame trap. Uh, and he seems really distrustful. Like, anytime they move, he pulls the gun on him. Like, yeah. why aren't you disarming the flame trap? Well, I'm trying to, and you keep pulling a gun on me. Yeah. They, um, Just keep throwing rocks in until this natural gas supply runs out. Yeah, I mean, there's where these flames are coming from. How are they staying lit? Why don't we just blow out the pilot lights, and then <laughs> they can't? They, then we'll just be gassed to death. Yeah. That's that's not very good either. Uh, 
Maybe you could use an antenna rod to punch through the tempered glass and turn off the machine. Mm-hmm. Ugh, the worst escape ever. <laughs> uh, MacGyver notices that on the base of the armillary sphere is a uh, slot that seems to be very perfect to fit a platinum book page in. Yeah. So uh, he shoves it into the slot, which causes the armillary sphere to start rotating and lock into an alignment position. But it, not only is it all the planets, but it's another object, a giant red uh, crystal that's right. also part of the alignment. Which they referred to earlier as the chariot, the chariot mm-hmm. of the, the character that, what is it called? Hecate? Hecate. Hecate. No, she's a, another Greek. Yeah, and it's, and it's on the top of the arc, too. Um, but that also turns off the, uh, you know, the giant flame trap. Right. Uh, so they head through into this massive chamber. Mm-hmm. So now they are in uh, a much larger room with a giant pool of flaming water, much like uh, Cleo Rox's basement. Yeah. Also clearly has a uh, lighting underneath the water. Yeah. That's and like PVC pipes coming out of the front. Yeah. Which we, we which we were mocking at first, but then we go, oh, okay, it's actually part of the thing. Yeah. But. But it's also funny that they're there. Yeah. In the room, the only thing that's in the room is uh, another set of doors. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing to do, and oh, and a and a weird statue yeah. holding a, a cane. Oh wait, this isn't. I've a, never seen a statue like this before. What are you talking about? It's just a statue. Of this is. It's in fact, it's not even a well done statue. Yeah, it's pretty crappy, actually. It's covered in ash. And the guy was like, "I don't think this is a statue at all. I think this is the actual guy. This is Solon himself." He was caught up in one of the volcanic explosions, and his body was burned into ash. As so he took the pose of the thinker while yeah. he was getting covered with magma. Liquid hot magma. And somehow it only got him and not anywhere around him. Yep. Um, they, they made a comparison to him and the bodies of Pomp- that were found in Pompeii. Yeah. Uh, so but those bodies in Pompeii were dug up. Like, yeah. They were just found, like, sitting out in the open, frozen like this. Uh. So as they're waiting for the planets to align, there's a giant opening in this cavern that overlooks the night sky. And we see the moon, which would completely overpower seeing any of the other planets, by the way. It's super bright. (laughs) It's the brightest object in the night sky, especially when it's full. Yeah. Um, And – but luckily we can see all the other planets behind them, including – Gigantic Mars, gigantic Jupiter, and gigantic Saturn. Yeah. All clearly, like... Clear as crystal. Yep. It, it's as if they are only, like, a short distance away. Yeah. Um, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like, even even in, like, Tomb Raider, when they had to do an alignment, she's looking at it through a telescope, and they're all just dots yeah. in, in a row. It's like... Yeah, there should have been, like, an ancient telescope here that they were through. Yeah, but also you can actually physically see them moving. Yeah. You can't even physically see the move, moon moving. And you're seeing Jupiter moving. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, all these planets are, are slowly curving into alignment. Um, and uh, that's when, as they align, uh, nothing happens. The end. The end. Nothing happened. Yeah, it was kind of a weird ending to the first TV. No. It turns out trolling was their treasure. Yeah. <laughs> but no, because they were missing the, another key part, and that was a giant flaming comet. Yeah, I guess. Like, I, I, I'm assuming it's a comet. Yeah, she, I think Kelly says it's a meteor. 
but a meteor wouldn't come back around again. Yeah, it's definitely a comet. A meteor would already have entered the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and a meteorite is one that actually makes it to the ground. Correct. So I, I assume, and, and given the eccentric orbit that was on the armillary sphere, that it must be a comet. Yeah. Just a very bright red well, comet. Yeah. The demon of the night, which is kind of a fitting name for it. Yeah. And comets were often portents of doom. Mm-hmm. For ancient civilizations, so there's a giant thing. Oh, oh no, there it goes. Oh wait, it's coming back. Oh my god, because <laughs> when it comes back, like later. oh my god, it's coming back. Seventy two years later. <laughs> How do you remember that thing? You were like a baby when it came. Yeah. Last time. Um, my parents say that I supposedly saw Haley's comet as a child, oh, and, yeah? and they were very upset that I didn't remember. I was like, I think I was like four. Yeah. Why would you remember that? I've seen comets since then. Yeah. So, I know it's the famous comet, but I've seen other comets. I've seen Hale-Bopp. Yeah, hale Does that count for anything? It's like, it's almost Hale-y. Yeah. Um, so, as the comet goes by, uh, the double doors open and reveal, like, a giant uh, machine that's hidden behind it, but still no treasure. Yeah. Um, so, MacGyver and company inspect the machine, and they find, um, oh, Solon, on his person, we didn't mention, had the, the platinum book. Right. Which uh, they're able to take the rest of the platinum pages out of. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a three ring binder. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's a little bead binder. <laughs> um, Lisa Frank, the, a trapper keeper with uh, space dolphins on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the uh, the steam machine, there are tons of little slots to put in cards, and all of the platinum book pages all have elaborate holes punched in them in different positions. Yeah. MacGyver seems to think that it's some kind of computer. Yeah. Which it really doesn't end up being a computer other than it really ends up being more of a lock. Yeah. But uh, but it reads all these punch cards and basically activates a, a system of hydraulics. Yeah. And uh, with the torch of truth, you use as an activation lever to open up the valve for the yeah. steam. So they put it all together. They, tur- they pull down uh, the le- valve and open up the steam and the two PVC pipes that we saw that were oddly placed end up venting and allowing this whole platform to rise up out of the flaming pool of water. My problem isn't that there are pipes. It's that they just look like modern-day PVC. Yeah. They, they, they could have been like some kind of wooden tubes. That mm-hmm. were they sticking up they had no corrosion for after years of uh, very... Uh, yeah. You know, because... Uh, this whole this all we saw earlier on when they're on the surface that there was all this geothermal activity, but we see all that uh, all those minerals kind of bubbling up to the surface. When those harden, I mean, they become stone. That's where yeah. stalactites and stuff come from. Is, is these minerals dripping in the cave and, and hardening? Yeah. Um, these tubes should have been covered and stuff like yeah, that. None of this should have been in working condition when they got here. Um, so the there are like like six or seven. Uh, child-sized chests yeah. up on the... A, on a the, bunch of baby coffins float up out of the water. Um, and so Cyril makes a run for it and opens one of them up. And it's completely filled with, with scrolls, scrolls. Which he starts digging through and they yeah, just... Yeah, you can tell just from looking at them that they're scrolls. and So I don't know why he sweeps his hand through it instead of just pulling one out to look at. Yeah, they but they are... He's being so aggressive that he's... Just they're just dissolving in his hands. Yeah. Uh, He's totally ruining this treasure. Yeah, he, he, they, they, they. It's almost as if they're like uh, ash at this point, really. Yeah. Like they're they're just completely breaking but apart. But we've seen MacGyver 
solve that problem with Ash in the previously, where he's able to protect something from being destroyed. Like no, oh no, trip yeah. some kind of glue in here that would some polymer that would react with the paper to keep it in, intact. But he's yeah. just ruining everything. Yeah, he's super upset that there's no gold or jewels because it turns worth significantly less. Yeah. Than this historical artifact that you're destroying. Um, it turns out that the real treasure of Atlantis was all the knowledge that they had gained and stored. And MacGyver even says the last Kingdom of the Crystal Skull line. This, mm-hmm. The knowledge was their treasure. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Knowledge was their treasure. Ugh. I hate that as an excuse the, yeah. that they call it, that they constantly call it the treasure. What do they call it? Call it their books. They, yeah. they, they know what or it is. Or their knowledge. Just call it knowledge. That's what it is. Um... And, but Cleve's still convinced that there might be more treasure in another one. So he's getting ready to go and open the next one up, open the next one up to destroy it. And that's when uh, Atticus MacGyver murders him. Yeah. Atticus runs down to tell him no, and Cleve pulls his gun out. And so MacGyver just pushes him into this flaming water. And his body just goes down, and there's flames, and it doesn't float yeah, back yeah, up. Yeah, we never see him again. So that guy's just murdered. It, it's much like Murdoch in Cleo Rocks when yeah. he gets pushed into the flaming water pit. But then when they come back later, the archaeologists say that they couldn't find him and that there was actually a crack in a sewer pipe. Yeah. Maybe Cleve is fine. Yeah, he could be all right. Um, so uh, the volcano and the, al- the alignment is causing the volcano to become more and more un- unstable because of the gravitational shift. Right. And so there's a, a gigantic tremor which blocks the cave entrance. Yeah. And so now they're forced to find another way out. Luckily, there's this gigantic opening into the surface that no one ever found, apparently. Yeah. It's, I mean, um, the same hole that we were looking out at all the planets. Yeah. It's been open this whole time. There's no reason that they should, that people shouldn't have found it just flying over. Yeah. yeah they, look, they look, oh, what's down in this hole? Oh, it looks like a room with doors and tunnels yeah. and caves and elaborate carvings and Nowadays, a body. Nowadays, this would have been discovered on Google Maps. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver comes up with a plan to use the steam power of the machine to blast this kind of weird conical thing with uh, uh, handles on it yeah. up into the air. And, uh, it kind of looks like the Tin Man's hat. Yeah, exactly. It's like a funnel, but it's got handles on it. And he, he ties a rope through it in such a way to create um, basically a belt that, that he, he puts onto one section of the steam machine, a wheel on the steam machine. and It's like a clothesline. Mm-hmm. So as the wheel turns, it can pull someone up like a uh, grappling hook, kind of. Well, I was gonna say like um like a gondola. Okay, sure. Yeah. Or a gondola, in the, that Lisa Camp Woodman. David. Camp David ripoff. Ceasefire. Um, so uh, he shoots up the thing, and he gets he he ties the rope around the wheel and starts up the machine. Kelly goes up first, correctly. By putting her hands on the rope and then wrapping her legs her around legs the rope. Up over it. Um, Professor Atticus goes up next, also correctly. Legs up. Legs up, hands up. Then MacGyver decides to go. Uh, just dangling d- by his fingers. Just dang- uh, like almost like like Tweety Bird at any moment is going to come by yeah. and do count, start counting pities. Yeah. Um, but of course the machine um, overloads and blows up, and so the rope stops turning, and. Uh, so they decide to start pulling it manually before it burns yeah. to the point that it falls off. It would have been really funny like if they were pulling on the other line and MacGyver was going back. Going no, back. no, the, the other, other one, way, the, the other, other one. <laughs> Not the cheese. 
Jeez. Uh, so they grab MacGyver and they get him up and uh, Kelly for the first time shows like serious affection and just like Kisses lays her. one on him yeah. really deep. Um, and then they both hear like the volcano erupt and they go, well, let's okay. get out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> they, they do a scramble to get out. Um, uh, the uh, composite of the night sky – not great. Not great. Because every time, like, there's a minor camera movement, the whole background jitters. Yeah. Uh, and from here, we cut to Atticus giving his same opening speech that he gave to the board about thousands of years ago before time as we measured yeah. uh, existed Atlantis. And somehow they've managed to transform the entire board into children. <laughs> With the power of Atlantis. <laughs> they found the technology. Um, he's yes, he's ch- he's teaching a class of children about Atlantis. We're assuming he got reinstated. Even though by the he, way, they did leave all of that knowledge yeah. in the flaming pool. They they just abandoned it. Oh well, but much like Holy Rose and all those other just things, go back. Let's go back in there. Just go back, guys. You know where it is now. Dump a bunch of uh, Alka Seltzer in that volcano mm-hmm. and then go back. It erupted once before and everything was fine. Yeah. Uh, so, but I guess even though they have no proof. In fact, they have less proof than before. Yeah, because before they had the Ark and they had the torch and they left all that stuff in this hole. Um, so, but without any proof, uh, uh, Atticus was reinstated, but now I guess is teaching children instead of adults. Or maybe the, this is not the same room and he's actually just teaching in a children's school somewhere mm-hmm. because they wouldn't take him back at the university. That's true. All board decisions are final. Right. But then we see that he notices as he's giving this lecture to all the students who are who are very interested in what he has to say that yeah. MacGyver is sitting in the back. Yeah, the MacGyver and uh, I think uh, Professor Carson, Carson yeah. is also there. And then he goes to give him a wink, but he blinks instead. Yeah. And then MacGyver blinks back because <laughs> maybe Brian Blessed can't wink. So they were like, okay, well, I'll pretend I can't either. Then. I can't, I can't wink. And that's the end. And that's the end of the Treasure of Atlantis. We get... A lot of crazy adventure. But see, that, that's what I like. Yeah. I, I like this Holy Rose style, ancient puzzles and treasures. I, I'll fact, take recycled Indiana Jones all day. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I feel like it could have used a little bit more. Yeah. Like maybe cut out the whole grandfather subplot. I don't really think it was necessary. Yeah. And uh, other than, again, an attempt to be a red herring uh, with – uh, Professor Carson, but yeah. it never gets played out. They never accuse him or they never suspect him. Yeah, and he never really gets to make his case after he gets cocked over the head. Like, yeah. He doesn't have any more lines after that. Yeah, yeah in fact, yeah. he Because he's unconscious and then he's at the, the class at the end, but he doesn't speak. Yeah. Um, I mean... But I actually hadn't considered it until you pointed it out just now that at the end, he has even less evidence, so I don't know why suddenly he was able to change everybody's minds. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, unless Kelly was like, no, I saw everything with my own eyes. They go, well, she's not crazy. So maybe the crazy I guess, guy. yeah, because they don't have Carson's work to go by because he never went in. Yeah, he never not went in. Not even with the bad guys. And all the bad guys died that went in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, by the way, uh, we have some questions to ask about this lord who disappeared. No, uh, don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I saw him. I mean, I guess I could just as easily say he fell in this flaming pit while we were exploring the cave. But that would be a lie, because yeah. what happened was they murdered him. <laughs> they murdered him. Yeah. In fact, Zavros's death was the only one that was accidental. Yeah. Because uh, he thought he could make it through. I wonder how accidental that was, too, though. Like, maybe true. as soon as there were flames in there, like, Cleve just closed the doors to protect himself. And the guy was, like, pounding on the doors until he caught fire and burned mm. alive in there. 
And that was it. Yeah. That was it for Zavros. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun episode. Well, movie. Um, I could definitely see. I can definitely see why they did it because like, yeah. like this seems like it could have been an episode of the show that they expanded. Yeah. Because I mean, especially given the last season of MacGyver, which was like getting into like mystical, more like I mean, the last couple of seasons, in fact, you know, because we had aliens. Yeah, I think this um, is a step above season seven, actually. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, this is definitely because like well, well, obviously Atlantis uh, wasn't real. I mean, I'm just gonna well, say. Well, we I'm, don't know that. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna flat out say you Atlantis can't prove a negative. Um, but uh, uh, it's one of those like theories of things. I mean, it's just like uh, you know, it's just like the the Holy Grail or yeah. um, the Ark of the Covenant or any of these like famous artifacts that people talk about. Um, that that it's like yeah, like I'll I'll buy an adventure where you go and look for it and you find it. Yeah. I completely enjoy and the. They ride. actually have the the board of of uh, at the academy to play our part in the story of being mm-hmm. like, okay, this is a waste of our time. Please yeah. stop investigating Atlantis, you crazy person. Yeah, even though you keep finding evidence that says Atlantis on it. Yeah, like I, to the point that you, we, as the viewer who know that Atlantis isn't real, are like, why can't these guys just see that Atlantis is real? Yeah. But yeah. It's a very fun episode, mm-hmm. and uh, I can see why they immediately greenlit a second TV movie that came yeah. out the same year. Um, they probably filmed them back-to-back, really. Uh, they probably did, actually. You're probably right. Because they're both mostly filmed in London. Yeah, well, Maybe completely. I think completely filmed in London. Um, yeah, but I think that's it for the Lost Treasure of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter, at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash phoenixfoundationpodcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week when we cover the second TV movie, MacGyver Trail to Doomsday. Doomsday. And as we all know, Doomsday will kill Superman. Right. Spoiler <laughs> Everyone knows Doomsday kills Superman. Did you all know that? If you didn't. Uh, attack Richard's uh, <laughs> Facebook page. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.